Digital marketing seems to be the mystery that most entrepreneurs struggle with, and real estate investors are no exception. The truth is, there are multiple avenues to success. Those experiences will be best shared by the guests on this podcast. My name is Jason Wright, and I would like to welcome you to Real Estate Investor Marketing Stories. What is going on, Jason Wright here? Welcome back to another episode of this awesome podcast. I'm glad to be here. Are you glad to be here? You should be. Good times ahead, my friends. All right, so we've got another great guest today. We will get into that here in a moment. Interesting. So I said this in one of the previous episodes, and I've said this many times before, but this is not my first podcast. Uh, believe it or not, once upon a time, I was a paid host of a podcast. And the topic I really knew nothing about, didn't care about at all. It's pretty, pretty weird. What was it? Some kind of AI or it was years ago, some sort of really strange show. And I just really lost interest in it. I was like, I don't want to do this. But had the Intentionally Inspirational podcast, and I kind of rebranded that. That was my longest running show, 198 episodes we got up to. This show, I think I've recorded maybe 17 so far. The other one I've recorded, I don't know, five or six, and there was another one there somewhere. Anyway, I'm not the most experienced guy with podcasting as a host, but I'm certainly not a rookie either. So since I launched this show, it really surprised uh, such a large influx of clients, friends, etc., that have expressed an interest in podcasting. And believe it or not, there is a lot of mental anguish around the idea of starting a podcast, right? So I'm just going to share some things with you today that I think might be interesting. So the first question you might ask is, why podcast? Why would I want to? Why would I want to have a podcast? Well, I think from really a marketing angle, I think there's some real benefits there. And it's not just attracting new people to your brand or new investors, right? It is establishing yourself as an authority with what you're talking about or what your business is focused on. So that's one thing. The other thing is you can invite guests on your show who are ideal partners, ideal clients, kind of influencers in the, in the space, et cetera. And that can be very beneficial as well. Uh, also, you have the ability to uh, start building or continue building an audience. Audiences in this world, the modern 2023, they don't, they don't just hang out in one place. I see it every week, every day. People are in the email list, I see them in Facebook groups, see them on YouTube, see them in the podcast, and it's fun, right? See them on LinkedIn, see them all over the place. And your audience is not all in one place, and you shouldn't be either. So... It is a lot of fun. It is rewarding. It does have some great advantages as far as the people you meet. And a lot of times, if you bring somebody in your show and they have a podcast and it makes sense, guess what? You're going to get that invite back on their show. The other question I wanted to address is, why don't people get started? Man, this this is like one of the things that I've seen over the years where people are terrified to start trying to start a podcast. And I get it. What equipment do I use? What software should I do it myself? Should I outsource it? There's all these questions and I get it. There's a lot of moving pieces, right? You got to record it. You got to edit it. You got to publish it. You got to distribute it. And you got to have a plan for all that. So I totally understand that. I'll get into more of the, the details in the next episode on that. Just something to think about. And one thing I'll leave you with here before we get into our episode today is... 
to get into the right mindset with podcasting, I think you really need to look at the benefits. What's this going to do for me? What's gonna, this is going to do for my business? What's this going to do for my audience? If you think about that and you get started, what's the worst that can happen? The first episode of my old podcast, Intentionally Inspirational, I literally, and I haven't listened to it in years, but I had bad equipment. I had no idea what I was doing. I was terrified. I was nervous. And I literally was like, I don't know what I'm doing with this podcast. I'll figure it out of the way. Follow me and listen to me. Like I had no idea, no plan. But really, what's the worst that can happen? What's the worst that can happen by taking a chance? So something to think about. All right. The gentleman that I'm speaking to today, his name is William Holland, and his company is Bigger Picture Holdings. And I don't want you to confuse this with William Hollis from episode four. Not the same guy. Both good dudes, not the same guy. Sometimes when I see their names online, I know both these guys, I see William and then H, and I have to read the whole name, so it's like, I don't know who who, who is this. Okay, that, it's that guy, okay. Hollis or Holland, got So anyway, not the same guy. Uh, let me tell you a bit about William. He's a mechanical engineer by trade. This is pretty interesting. He helped build a 26-story skyscraper, and he is the host of the Money Tree Real Estate Investor Podcast. Check out my conversation with William. Hey, William. Welcome to the show. How you doing, man? Man, I'm doing great. Excited to be here today, Jason. Awesome. I'm excited to have you, my friend. So I don't think I know the story about you. Love to hear how you got started down the road with real estate investing. Definitely. So I, I grew up in a small town. We've got about 20,000 people. It's called Stephenville, Texas, little country town. So my mom is actually a realtor and a broker. And she did that for about 15 years. And then she ended up starting her own company. It's a real estate company. She's got some realtors working for her as well. And then my parents, every like two or three years, we'd buy a home, live in it, renovate it over time, and then sell it for a profit. I got a lot of exposure to real estate at a really early age. That's beautiful, man. I, this is kind of off topic, but when I was a kid, I was obsessed with fishing, right? It was my whole world. I want the new gear, the new lures. And my parents would like feed into that to a point. And my mom, I'll never forget, I was about 14. She's, you're good. Like, I'm not buying you anything else. If you want money, you're going to have to go make your own money. So I remember cutting grass and stuff. And my parents were not entrepreneurs. So they'd always be like, that's great that you're doing that in your spare time. But school's the focus. School's the path. School's the path. And even after I got out of high school, I started another landscaping company and I had it for about seven years. I was doing it and I was in college and I got to a point, I remember talking to my parents, I said, Hey, uh, this business is big enough that I need a second truck and a second crew, or I gotta like, I gotta like do that, quit school or shut it down and do school. My heart tells me to stay with the business. They're like, that's the wrong choice. <laughs> They're like, education's the only way. I was mad at him because, uh, seven years later when I quit. I was like, that was wrong, but they didn't know any better. They're not entrepreneurs. They don't, they're not exposed to it. It was never an option to them. They're not the right personality for it. So it makes my heart happy that I hear your parents showed you that. Like with our kids, it's like, hey, you can go to school. Like that's an option. You would be an engineer, doctor, you don't have a choice. Do you want to go to school for business? I'm not paying for it because I think it's stupid, but you can also start a business, you know, or you can work in the family business. Like you have all these options which I think is really, really cool. So anyway, I got on that tangent. All right. So with real estate investing now, kind of what asset classes and or markets are you focused on and why? 
Definitely, yeah. So I lead, I read a lot of different reports. You know, you've got Marcus and Millichap, JLL, CBRE, all those guys publish uh, quarterly and annual reports. Yep. So I'm, I'm focused on multifamily apartments. So, you know, properties that are already cash flowing. And so got to partner on a deal last year, 170 units in Atlanta, Georgia. So that is a top eight MSA. You know, when you take into account people moving into the area, price of rents, rent increases, uh, landlord-friendly laws. But I, I live in Dallas, Texas, and so 2023 and beyond, that's going to be my, my primary focus. It's a top 10 market as well for multifamily. So is MSA, does that stand for like market or what does that stand for? Uh, Metropolitan Statistical Area. I've heard that. Okay, that makes sense. Very cool. So yeah, a lot of people, it seems like a lot of people in this game like multifamily love like the area you're at right they love the south they love texas once in a while i'll find somebody that's got like an, another focus it's like way out of the ordinary but i think there's a reason for what you're focused on i mean there's there's a lot of the jobs and there's a lot of things that really matter for that so very cool makes oh, true all right so what simple marketing strategies and tactics have kind of initially helped you get traction with what you're doing what's worked for you so far biggest thing, honestly, Jason, is consistency in whatever you choose. Yeah. So my, my focus was to start with LinkedIn. Yep. And I've since made a, I remade a Facebook account as well. Haven't focused on that too much, but I've chosen LinkedIn and then got to work with you as well. Built out a active campaign funnel. Uh, and I also started a podcast called the Money Tree Real Estate Investor Podcast. So that's helped me to continue to, to get my brand out there and also learn a lot of cool stories and different ideas from people across the nation yep. who are also in real estate. Yeah, I'll agree with you, man. Consistency is everything. You know, I always think of the, the working out analogy, which I thought I was going to maybe get back in the gym today. Maybe, maybe not. But you got to get back in there, man. I know. I know. Even if the workout's not great, if I do it three times a week for eight to 10 weeks, I'm going to look different than I do now. There's no way around it. It's the same with like marketing. Like even if you do a C minus effort, if you're consistent with something, you're going to see traction. It may not be the traction you're looking for, but you're going to see results of some kind. So yeah, far too often I see people, they do two mistakes, right? They go too broad. They want to be like Pat Flynn. If you follow smart passive income, I'm a big fan, but his thing is be everywhere, but you got to have like a team and some deep pockets to do that. <laughs> exactly. Even if you try to take two social platforms and dominate them, like it's a lot of time. It gets really it hard. So you're doing it a smart way. LinkedIn's a great platform for it for sure. So yeah, totally makes sense. So to describe that a little bit more, you know, about my, my journey on LinkedIn. So I think I started posting August 1st. Okay had less than 200 connections on there and i posted every single day for three months straight wow and honestly within that time frame i really didn't get hardly any traction yep. you know it's only in the last i would say three months so i've been doing it what seven months now i would say in the last three months like man i'm consistently getting people reaching out to me on a weekly basis you know maybe not every single day but you know several people every single week now reaching out hey tell me more about passive investing at this point, like I'm not even, I don't post every single day. Yeah. I just left my job last Friday as we talked about before. So I'm finally going full time. So that posting every day is about to become a habit again, hey. but it's, it's cool to start getting that traction and getting some momentum and, you know, starting to appear and become an expert in the field. Absolutely. And something else that you'd mentioned is you having a podcast. So I was at Ray's Fest last week. So we're recording this in late January, 2023. 
And the guy to my right on the panel, we were on a panel together, was talking about how he uses his podcast to nurture kind of his middle of the funnel people. In addition to the other stuff we do, the podcast is a way people can keep consuming our content who are already in our world. And I was like, that's interesting. I said, it's obvious, but I never really thought of it that way. And he, and he was just talking about, you know, it's something we're doing anyway, but there's so many benefits. Yeah, like as a host, the people you get on your show, you just naturally get their stories and stuff, and it's really valuable. Like it's, it's a way to fast track your knowledge and you get a bunch of new relationships and everything. So I'll tell you this. I blogged with this business I have now for two and a half years before I saw any proof that anybody was even reading it. Two and a half years. If you would have told me, hey, it's going to take this long, you would do it, I probably would have never started it. It's so long. But content marketing can take time. LinkedIn is a platform. It still has a pretty good organic reach. I see it much better than Facebook. I mean, pay Facebook wants everything to be pay to play. So it is a good space for sure. All right, we're going to switch gears a little bit here. Get ready, brother. Here it comes. Uh-oh, uh-oh, let's go. What would you say has been your biggest mistake in regards to marketing so far? Biggest mistake in regards to marketing would probably be with working a full-time job, not being able to message people as quickly as I need to. I mean, I've got a lot of messages sitting in the, the LinkedIn inbox right now that I just haven't had time to respond to. So I know we've, we've talked about that before, you know, it's like working 70 hours in a job and trying to do this on the side at times has been really difficult. So, you know, taking that leap of faith, is going to see a big improvement on that response time for sure. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. It, it's, it's crazy how, so I use a lot of automated text and it's, it's crazy how I'll send out a text that's automated. People reply and then I'll reply in real time right away. It doesn't even matter like what we're talking about, but when people see that, they're like, God, this is a real person. Like I know it is, you know, it just, it makes uh, for such a, like, a safe and inviting environment. Same thing with LinkedIn messenger, same type of thing, but response time does matter. Like people can argue that they say 24 hours, but if you can respond within an hour, you'll get stuff out of it. I guarantee it. So it is a powerful thing if you can do it. Can you share a story about your real estate investing journey can be whatever you want that you haven't shared publicly. It can be good, bad, funny, sad, whatever you want, but something that just kind of lets us behind the curtain a little bit. Oh, man. So this is my first podcast appearance as a guest. So there's definitely a lot of stories that haven't been shared yet. <laughs> I guess, you know, one of the things that I'm pretty thankful for is, and I, I've shared it a little bit, you know, but I've never been able to have uh, an interview about it yet. But I started house hacking in November of 2021. So I was ending my lease. My buddy was about to get engaged and didn't know where to go. You know, I was been renting for basically six years since I left my hometown and really wanted to purchase a house. I've been wanting to do that for a long time, you know, build some equity. And I'm a man of, of faith in Jesus. And so that's the most important thing in my life. And I wanted to have a way to be able to serve other people and mentor and guide, you know, younger guys. And God opened the door for me to, to purchase the house. That's actually, I'm recording here. I had the house in my, my home office slash bedroom. And, you know, it's been really cool. I've got to have five guys have lived here so far. Two have already uh, cycled out. One got married. 
uh, one got engaged and moved back in with his parents to save a little bit of money. But it's it's been really awesome. You know, I I get to build a lot of friendships, and you know, we talk about finances, we talk about just growing in business and career, we talk about like real estate and investing as well. So it's been it's been really awesome. And what is house hacking? How would you define that? So it's being able to own like a single family home or maybe like a duplex or a quadplex where you live in a portion of it and then you rent out the rest of the rooms or units and that helps you pay down the mortgage. Okay, so it's your house, but you're using other people. Got it. Smart. So I I got a four bedroom and I rent out three of the four bedrooms to other people. So very kind of blessing. Yeah, very cool. All right, let me ask you this. What's a piece of marketing advice you would give one of these people in the house or somebody new that's like, hey, I'm thinking about doing what you're doing. Like, what what do I need to pay attention to when I get started finding my own passive investors and things like that? Yeah, great. Man, I think developing the audience, who you want to target is the absolute key. So I, I get to mentor a few guys in the real estate space. And like I said, I get to mentor some of my roommates and, you know, they're I mean, we're all like hustling out here, you know, we're working full-time jobs and also trying to figure out like, hey, like we've got these side hustles, we want to grow and everything. And it's like, well, I want to start a podcast. It's like, well, okay, that's great. I'm doing that. I think it's great. I've seen results from it. It's really cool. Like I was at a real estate event here in Dallas and a guy came up to me and, and I already knew him, you know, previously, but he was like, hey, I've listened to every episode so far. And it's like, what? Like, that's amazing. I love that. I mean, it's super encouraging, you know, just it makes you want to keep going. But the biggest thing is why do you want to start the podcast or why do you want to start marketing? And like, who are you going to target? Because you can't reach everybody. And if you, if you don't really nail that down, then you won't see the results or the, the make the connections that you really need to make. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. Let me ask you, how has that process been for you? Has it been difficult for you to find that niche or what does that look like? So it, it really hasn't. I thought very carefully, you know, and if you would get on my LinkedIn profile, it got like, I'm a believer in Jesus. I'm a mechanical engineer. I'm a Texas A&M Aggie. Those are a part of who I am, yeah. you know, and those are my target audiences. So first and foremost, like I pitched to like Christians and like, that's my, that's my real target audiences, believers, you know? So everything that I post on social media, everything that I talk about, that's who I am. And, you know, some people don't like that. And like, I'm not here to throw that in your face. But the people that do like that very much appreciate it. And like that builds natural rapport. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. And I asked the question because my own experience with finding my audience, and obviously I'm in a different business than you, is pretty, pretty hard, actually. For me, being in digital marketing, I would used to anybody who would pay me, hey, I'll work in MailChimp. I'll do whatever you want to. You know, if I don't know how to do it, I'll figure it out. And then uh, what you start to realize is like, man, you're like a C minus in every area because it's too broad. Like you're working with too many people. And, you know, I think as humans, we have this natural inclination to want to like please everybody or not offend anybody or repel anybody. But with marketing, it's actually, if you do it right, you're actually going to, you know, attract certain people very strongly and repel other people very strongly. It's called polarity and it's perfectly fine. So for me, it's been a journey of not being married to my ideas and being aware of what's going on around me in pivoting where, where opportunities make sense. Hey, is this in alignment with what we want to do and what we're good at? Does this right. make sense? And it, and it could be a really good move. When we started working specifically with capital raisers last January, kind of scary. So I told my wife, it was like, there's two outcomes that I see being possible. One is we're not going to have enough work to even maintain what we have because I don't really know what the demand is. And the other is it could be great and it could blow up the company. And option two is what happened. Nice. <laughs> 
we didn't know, you know what I mean? So it's really interesting now, like even this podcast is, is the audience is going to be active and passive investors. Like I know who I'm speaking to. I know, I know what language and what people to put in that circle. So it makes a big difference. So uh, all that to say, yeah, know who you're talking to is, is great advice for sure. All right. So we are in January of 2023. You just quit your job. You just quit your job. Three days ago. Tell me about it. How how's that feel? It feels great, man. You know, it was it was very scary at first. You know, there was conversations that I had to have with senior executive leadership with my company, and I greatly respect those guys. I love the company, and I loved what I did. Yep. And you know, I I got full support from them. I was able to stay there. I gave a three week notice, so a little bit out of the ordinary, but you know, allowed me to just be able to pass everything off really well. And got open doors with all those guys from, you know, my peers to like the upper level management. Hey, whenever you need something, reach out, you know, so no matter where I lean in, people are supporting me and cheering me on and it feels good. I'm very excited. Awesome. So what are you going to do with your business with all that time? Like what's the, how is this week going to be different than last week for you in that regard? This week is a lot different already. So this is my first time being a guest on a podcast. I've got another one as a guest tomorrow and another one Wednesday. Uh, my goal is to be a guest on a minimum of 50 podcasts this year. Yep. So I, I truly think, honestly, I'll probably blow that out of the water. I'll probably hit 100 or more. Yep. And then also, you know, I've got three or four investor phone calls today. I've got one or two more tomorrow. So it's like Monday, Tuesday, investor phone calls. Thursday, Friday, I'll have like five podcast recordings for my own podcast. And then, you know, in the mornings, uh, reading books, podcasting, listening to other podcasts, and then just networking, you know, with potential partners. And I've been doing all these things for a while, you know, it's just now I'll have more time to be more intentional. I like it. Gas pedal down, brother. Gas pedal down. Mm -hmm. So the kind of the next question I was going to ask you is we're in January of 2023, like I mentioned beyond even the the short term what we just talked about what are you focused on the big goals for this year besides getting on you know 50 or 100 podcasts what else are you hope to do this year goal wise definitely so last year got to close on a 19 and a half million dollar apartment complex with some partners great deal it's already cash flowing and producing a profit i got my first check from uh real estate recently and, you know, it was really cool. You mentioned lawn mowing. So it felt like there's so many people in this space that did that as a kid as well. So I did that for a very long time, for about a decade. You know, the same day that I got my check for real estate, my first big one, I sold my zero turn hustler lawnmower to my dad. Yeah. And so that was kind of like, I'm, I'm going all in on this. So this year I want to close on one or two more deals, probably around that price range, maybe 150 to 200 units. And I also want to raise a million dollars in capital from retail investors this year. Awesome, man. That's uh, that's really good stuff. If anybody watching or listening would like to learn more about you or what you're doing, how could they do so? Definitely. So I'm on LinkedIn, and I'll send you all the links to all these things so you can find them in the, the detail of the video. But I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. You can go listen to my podcast, the Money Tree Real Estate Investor Podcast. I know we'll have you on as a guest pretty soon and very excited about that. Yep. And, you know, I've also got a, a cool website, so check that out as well. Yep. Sounds good, man. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really enjoyed it. I did too. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of the show. I had a great time making it, and I hope you really enjoyed yourself listening to it. If you want to keep up with all things Real Estate Investor Marketing Stories podcast related, I encourage you strongly to go to reimarketingstories.com and signing up for our podcast newsletter. We will simply keep you up to date with what's going on with the show, new episodes, and things like that. reimarketingstories.com. So hopefully today's episode and the other episodes that you'll listen to will remind you that as a real estate investor, everybody starts at the beginning, okay? Um, Our guest today and the other guests that you will hear on this show will share their real story, right? They'll tell you what worked, what didn't work. And I want you to remember one thing if you remember nothing else today. It's possible for you to, okay? Never stop going and keep following your passion. Finally, today's show has been brought to you by CapitalRaisingAutomations.com. If you're an active capital raiser and you're ready to learn the three areas that are holding you back from raising more capital, I strongly suggest you check out CapitalRaisingAutomations.com. Check out our free 10-minute video there, and you let me know if it doesn't provide you value. I'm sure it will. All right, thanks again for listening to the show this week. Hope to see you next time. Take care.